Andrea Westerland is a content creation junkie and owner of Freak Flag Marketing. She offers content strategy coaching and management to creative business owners who just want to be themselves online. After 12 plus years creating content for organizations, from fundraising to animal rights to IT, she finally made the leap in 2022 to pursue her dream of being a full-time entrepreneur. In her spare time, she's also the founder and editor of a print magazine called Flower Power Magazine in honor of her home city, Rochester, aka the Flower City. She marches to the beat of her own drum and wants to help as many other women do the same. Be loud, be proud, be a freak. I really love that, especially the end. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, so we connected in a membership that we're both part of, didn't we? Um, and yes. I've been stalking your Instagram and doing all of the things that you do when you kind of like first connect and I absolutely love some of the opinions you have on um, the use of trending reels recently because I think especially you're a marketing guru so from that perspective like there's so much like ideas out there and things on it that it's like god and it's nice to see some kind of fresh opinions and definitely as someone myself who has not always been able to kind of like be authentic and like fly my own freak flag I love seeing other people who, who do that. Absolutely. Yeah. There's just, there's, I mean, they say that, you know, opinions are like um, buttholes and everybody's got one and there's so much advice online and it just, and I'm convinced that every piece of advice will work for somebody, but no piece of advice will work for everybody. Um, And the fact that we have so many um, people trying to sell these cookie cutter approaches, um, it just, it sucks, you know, because we, everybody needs to find their own kind of approach and what works for them because everybody's business is different. Everybody's personality is different. And so to see the same, you know, to see everybody on Instagram, for example, making the exact same reel over and over and over again. I mean, it's just, it's exhausting. It's boring. And um, I'm so glad that more and more people are speaking out about, you know, not, you know, not just following the trends blindly. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I couldn't agree more. And it's taken me ages to find my own voice and I'm still finding my own voice but like you say when you're when you're new and you're starting out you're just looking for these approaches and someone to tell you what to do and it's so easy to get sucked into sucked into that yeah um so well, I'm so excited fun part oh sorry go ahead no no please you go <laughs> no go. and I, that's part of the fun part is you know trying on all these different hats and and I don't think that that anybody should shy away from, you know, trying all the things, especially when you're starting out, you know, try on different styles, try on different approaches and strategies, but just be wary of accepting one approach as gospel, you know, and, and really just treat everything like an experiment, you know, just try and try a strategy. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't feel good or doesn't work, you know, try something different. There's no, there's no shame in pivoting on your strategy and just trying all the things, especially when you're just starting out. Yeah, definitely. I love that. Such wisdom straight at the start. (laughs) Right. So today you're going to tell us about a success, a failure and whatever you're still working on at the moment. Um, Do you want to choose? Do you want to start with the success or would you like to? Absolutely. Um, So, yeah, I think uh, the the most obvious choice for my biggest success of 2022 um, was I, I finally quit my day job, which was terrifying But I just, I got to the point where I just couldn't do it anymore. And I think, you know, people, people always think of, um, you know, burnout as a, a, 
you know, product of working really, really hard and, you know, burning the candle at both ends. But I think you can get burnt out just when you're doing something that you don't love and you're, you're having, you're forcing yourself to kind of be in a mode that doesn't feel authentic to you. And although I'm so grateful for like all of my opportunities that I had in my kind of corporate career, it just, it wasn't the right fit and it never was. And for years I, I struggled and I, I thought there was something wrong with me because I just, I never loved a job. I always, you know, it was fine when it started. I, I always enjoyed it when it kind of started out, but then, you know, it would start to, to kind of down decline. Um, and mm -hmm. I would just be like, I would end up hating every job I had. And I was like, is there something wrong with me? Like, am I just lazy? Am I, you know, a slacker? I've, I've struggled my whole life with like, think with kind of self self-doubt and, you know, telling myself the story that I am a slacker. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, it wasn't until I kind of started consuming content from other women who had started their own businesses that I thought, oh, maybe the problem isn't the jobs per se. It's just that I shouldn't be working for somebody else. I should be um, creating my own system and creating my own path. And I, you know, it's been hard, but I have not regretted quitting my job once. And it's really helped me realize that I'm not a slacker. I'm a perfectionist. <laughs> and there's absolutely, mm -hmm. you know, there's no possible way that I'm ever going to meet the standards that I have. So it's not that I'm slacking or being lazy. It's that I just have ridiculous standards that were instilled in me from a very young age. And I've had to kind of play through that as I, um, as I've become a business owner. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's a story that so many people can relate to. I was like nodding along because I was like, me too. I definitely felt like none of my jobs were working and was it me and those kind of yeah. feelings. I think they're really, really relatable. Um, So I know you mentioned when you sent me the notes, you kind of had like an epiphany moment. So was it like a single moment where you were just kind of like, bam, actually, this is I've had enough and I've had this realization or was it a gradual thing that happened for you? It was kind of, I would say that it was a, a gradual, um, but with kind of like a big bang at the end. And so it was, it was one of those things where, you know, looking back, it seems obvious and I always knew something was wrong and, you know, something, you know, didn't quite fit, but it took me a really long time to figure out what wasn't the fit. And for so long, I, you know, I, I thought that I wasn't the fit. I was, I was the problem. And so um, there was just this long, long, long period of discomfort. And, and when we went into the, some people like to steer clear of the pandemic. Am I okay to mention the pandemic? You are okay to mention the okay. pandemic. Yeah. Um, but once we, once we, um, once we, the pandemic started, we started working from home and I started having more freedom to kind of design my day. And it wasn't always totally authorized freedom. You know, I was taking a lot of liberties, but I think that I <laughs> saw, saw what was possible. And I, so these, these feelings that I had had for so long, um, started to become more clear. And then I think I, you know, it really was just this big bang epiphany moment where I was like, oh my gosh, I'm supposed to be a business owner. And I wasn't even sure what the business was yet. You know, I knew what I was good at from my day jobs, but I wasn't even sure um, what the business was. And then I, so I started, you know, a consulting company under my own name. 
And then just one day I was just sitting at my desk and all of a sudden the words freak flag marketing popped into my head. And, um, you know, this happens to me a lot, just like these like strokes of like inspiration and I, I love it. Um, but I, I joke that I, I just kind of, you know, the words popped into my head and then I like blacked out for like a week and then I had a a business and a website and I was just like, when did that happen? (laughs) Um, so yeah, it really, it was kind of like this, just, you know, stroke of inspiration, wherever inspiration comes from that I just realized, okay, I'm supposed to be helping people, you know, create content. Yes. Cause that's what I love, but creating content through this lens of, you know, being yourself and not doing the same thing that everybody else is doing. So that was really kind of, it was a slow progression that just led to like a lightning bolt moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. And what was the kind of actual time frame between kind of you were having those like background, mm, not sure what's wrong to the epiphany moment to then where you are like this year quitting your job? Yeah. So I, um, I have been, I have been very fortunate and I have been full, uh, I've been a full-time employee of somebody, um, since I was, uh, 20 years old. So the last 15 years. And so no job ever kind of felt like the right fit, Um, but I would say that I really started to kind of, um, question whether full-time, you know, W2 or that's what it is in the U S you know, like working for somebody else was for me, um, Mm -hmm. probably in 2020, you know, the beginning of the end of 2019 was, was rough because, uh, where I worked for a hospital and we were doing communications, you know, for a hospital. And so it was Mm -hmm. kind of an all hands on deck situation. And I didn't even really have time to think, let alone, um, you know, ponder the possibilities. But then as things started to relax a little bit, um, and work started to return to kind of a more normal pace, but we were still working from home. Then that's when I started to kind of, you know, stretch, you know, a little bit like, oh, if I didn't have meetings for a few hours, I would paint. If I, you know, didn't have, you know, a lot of work to get done in the afternoon, I would, you know, mess around on, you know, taking courses, free courses, do webinars, that kind of thing. And um, I actually started trying to produce content in 2020 about um, kind of almost the flip side of what I'm doing now, um, creating content and being a professional in a um, employee kind of scenario. So I was producing content about, you know, what it was like to work from home and what it was like to, you know, be an employee. And um, that fizzled. And that was just another piece that told me, you know, oh gosh, I can't follow through with anything. I can't, I can't, um, you know, finish anything. It just built into this narrative, but it's because it was the wrong fit. And so Mm I, um, in 2012, 20, late 2020, I started a, a very small art business where I was just, you know, selling my art at craft shows. And that was fun. Um, but it still wasn't exactly, I was like, I don't know if I can do this forever. And mm-hmm. then I just, I had always freelanced on the side of my business. And so in 2022, I thought, why not? Why don't I have more freelance clients? Why don't I just kind of slowly start to shift? You know, my my job isn't terribly, terribly demanding. I was really lucky in that regard. So I was able to kind of, you know, really focus on a side hustle. And I just kept growing the side hustle. And I got to the point where I just, I thought to myself, I can't, I can't do the day job any longer. It's driving me absolutely insane. It's making Mm -hmm. me miserable. And so, yeah, so the whole process is, it, it took both like 15 years, but also more like two years of actual kind of pondering Uh and thinking. 
yeah 15 years of, of mindset and two years of the actual taking actual, it actually yeah, sounds definitely. yeah <laughs> I can relate to that definitely as well it's very similar to my story um so in terms of the mindset hurdles you said you had a kind of narrative about your job and things how did you work to get over these things in order to actually allow you to get to the point of quitting your job yeah. So I think um, one of the biggest things that helped me was I did a group therapy um, kind of experience, mm-hmm. um, which is, uh, which was huge. Um, and it was the first time, and I don't think it necessarily has to happen through therapy, but I think this just points to the the value of having outside perspectives in your life. It was the first time that I was introduced to the idea that my thoughts might not be true, you know, that I may be Mm -hmm. thinking things about myself that weren't in fact true. And, um, and the therapy program that I went through called the myths. And it was very, um, the, the program was geared towards people with borderline personality disorder, which I suffer from. And one of the Mm -hmm. hallmarks of BPD is black and white thinking. It's either this or it's that it's all, or it's nothing. Mm -hmm. And, um, so reframing myths, um, that were absolute statements like, oh, I always do such and such. I, I always slack off, you know, to rephrasing those myths as, you know, I sometimes slack off. Um, and so that was the first time that I really realized like, oh my gosh, I actually, I think things about myself that might not be true. And that it sounds so obvious now. And especially in this day and age of like personal development, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and everybody's talking about like mindset and all that stuff. But at the time I had, I hadn't dipped into that. And so I just, it blew my mind that I could be lying to myself um, Mm -hmm. because I, I thought of myself as this really like self-aware person. I'm very introspective. I spend a lot of time (laughs) in my head. Right. But I was like, oh, my gosh, I've been lying to myself for, you know, 30 years that I'm a slacker. And I kind of started to trace and I looked back and I was like, oh, well, I remember when this happened when I was a kid. And I I remember having this habit when I was young. And, you know, I just kind of started to see this pattern of perfectionism. And so really, I think just I don't know how I would have gotten there without somebody from the outside saying, oh, do you know you can lie to yourself in your head? Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then just starting to like unravel. It was just, it was the single most life-changing thing that I've ever done. That's great. That's such a great answer as well. Cause I definitely, yeah, you think what you're saying in your head is the truth. And before you kind of jump into this world, and like you say, there's so much out there now in the mindset world. Um, But until you've delved into it, you're kind of just floating along with your, you know, your narratives and your limiting beliefs and you kind of don't realize that you can even work on these things. You just think that that's how yeah. it is. Um, so you talked about perfectionism as well. I just wondered what, what is perfectionism to you? What does that mean being yeah. a perfectionist? Um, it's, it's almost, so it's not even necessarily, um, a standard or, uh, like a quality kind of measure for me. Cause I know a lot of people are like, oh, I have to do it perfectly or I shouldn't do it at all. Um, Mm -hmm. I do struggle with that. I don't like, you know, I have a hard time starting things because I don't like the beginning phase. But for me, it's really, and this comes out like in every area of my life, it's always, it's a not enough. Like I can never do enough. I can never spend long enough. I can never, Mm -hmm. you know, if I just, if I, if I work on it for just another 15 minutes, like it'll, it'll get to the point where it's ready. And, um, and so it's just, it's always revolved around these ideas of, not working hard enough, not working long enough. Um, Mm -hmm. And that is very easy to perpetuate when you're in a day job because, you know, you just, you, you work the day and then you go home, you know, it's just, 
so you can kind of, there's like parameters, but when you're a business owner and you can work 80 hour weeks, if you, you know, if you let yourself, if you, you can always keep working, you can release more offers, you can release more products, you can post more times on Instagram, Mm -hmm. you can do all the thing. There are no limits. Um, It's been really hard to kind of tamp that down and say like, okay, no, I need to, you know, at some point enough has to be enough. Um, and at some mm-hmm. point good enough has to be enough. Yeah. And what did you try to do to manage that kind of movement from um, employee who kind of gets, like you say, that free pass of cutting off at 5 PM or whatever time it is for you for the perfectionism to that place where your perfectionism can kind of just run rampant and it can never be enough until you've ended up working late every day and you're not enjoying it. How did you manage that? Yeah. So it, it, it's, it's still an active process. It's something that I, I struggle with all the time. Um, and I, I just learned, I started to pay attention to my signs, you know, like when, when was I starting to burn out? And I remember, I can't remember for the life of me where I heard it, but somebody said something along the lines of, you know, if you don't take a break, your body will take a break for you. Mm -hmm. And so I would work and work and work until I just, I would suddenly just be incapable of working. And then I would, you know, screw off for like a week. And then I was like, oh no, I've lost a week. And so that, but that was my body's way of saying like, we're done, we're taking a break now. And Mm -hmm. so starting to the, you know, the first couple of times that that had happened, I was just like, this can't keep happening. I can't keep, you know, just taking like week long breaks, you know, and then having to scramble. And I, so I had to start kind of backtracking and saying like, okay, we, what happens right before that? You know, what happens right before that? What happens right Mm -hmm. before that? And so you start to notice my warning signs earlier. Um, you know, when I started to feel kind of, you know, icky and like I was, you know, feeling overwhelmed. And so when I started to notice those little signs, I would kind of, um, I would take a, a smaller break instead of a huge mm-hmm. break. Um, yep. And that has been very helpful. Yeah. I absolutely love what you just said there about it being an active process, because even when we're talking about our successes, I think before you have a success, it's so easy to think like, once that's done, it's done and it's the doors closed and there's nothing to work on. But actually, even though it's a success, it's a huge success. Um, things have come of a part of it that mean you need to keep working on this thing and you may need to keep working on it um, for a long time to either maintain the success or just for your emotional well-being and to enjoy the success. Um, which brings me on. I like to ask all my guests about celebrating their successes, whether you celebrated this at the time Um do you celebrate it now? And if not, what would you do retrospectively differently in terms of celebrating? Yeah, I um, I did not celebrate this success at the time. And mm-hmm. I actually had to be reminded um, by other people in my life to celebrate it. And, you know, after the fact, um, because I just, yeah. you know, suddenly I was like, oh, I don't have a paycheck anymore. Pedal to the metal, you know, really got to start, start hustling. Um, mm-hmm. So I was so much in like that mode of like, I, I don't have time to celebrate. I've got to work. I've got to, you know, I've got to pay my bills. Um, but now I really, it's, it's much, I never really had kind of like a, a larger scale celebration where like, you know, I, you know, did something to like celebrate or whatnot, but I, I've really been trying to kind of have, you know, mini celebrations every day and Mm -hmm. a, a silly example. Um, and I posted about this on Instagram is that I have a, my phone wallpaper is 
a picture that I took of myself that I really, really like, and it's got the words, you're dope on it. And mm-hmm. so it's just like this daily reminder. And now it's my desktop wallpaper as well, but I it's just this that. daily reminder of like, I'm doing cool shit, you know? And I'm, uh-huh. I, I love encouraging people to acknowledge their awesomeness. And so I try and mm-hmm. do the same for myself. So while I don't necessarily like, you know, celebrate, like, you know, I'll go do a thing to celebrate a success. I just try and remind myself that like this thing that I'm doing is really hard and not everybody does it for that exact reason. And mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm awesome. Just like everybody else is. I'm awesome in my own way. And so having that kind of mindset shift and just reminding myself, like if I'm, if I'm talking crap about myself, like, Hey, guess what? You're dope. Um, has yeah. really, it's been huge. So, um, just mm-hmm. little, little celebrations. It doesn't have to be a huge thing. Um, but just like remembering every day that you're a cool person. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely love that like so much. Um, I think a lot of my, well, so far guests that have come on feel like retrospectively they didn't celebrate enough, but now that they work to do that, I wonder what brought you the realization that you needed to celebrate more, even just yourself, as opposed to like you say, the achievements. Yeah. So I think it was, it was really like, it was authenticity because I was, I was going online and, you know, posting content that was, you know, all about how people need to recognize their own amazingness. And then I realized I wasn't doing that for myself. And so Mm -hmm. how can I, you know, how can I tell people that they need to celebrate themselves and think that they're the coolest person? And, you know, it like, for example, the membership we, we met through, you know, how, Mm -hmm. how can you tell someone that they're the coolest person that they know, if you don't think that you're the coolest person that you know? Uh And so it just, it, it, I started kind of producing this content because I believe it, you know, I, I believe it wholeheartedly, but I realized I wasn't walking the walk. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I think everybody else is super cool, but I think I suck. Let, mm, let's work on that. We need to change that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, definitely. I love that. Right. So now onto the failure, which um, is sometimes hard for people to talk about, but I absolutely love this part of the podcast because I, I really feel like so often when you hear failures on other podcasts, there are things that are like, oh yeah, I just worked too hard and I'm now too successful because of the result. And it's like, I'm always just like, oh, but you know, you're a success now. So I would love for you to talk about a kind of face down failure moment that still maybe hurts a little bit. Yeah. Um, Um, Yeah. I, so the way I quit my job was like, very, very, um, on paper, less than ideal. And it's, it's something that I don't even, I was hesitant to talk about for a long time. I told, Mm -hmm. I told my boyfriend, like, don't tell anybody in your family, like, don't tell anybody what I did. And because, um, I, I, you know, I have a partner, we live together and he kind of said, you know, it would make me the most comfortable if you had, you know, three months of expenses put away. Mm -hmm. And so I said, okay. And, um, my I, money mindset is something that I am still working on uh, to this day. And it's one of my big goals for, for 2023. But I just, I didn't see a way that I was ever going to have that amount of money in the bank. And so I started, I, I went into my retirement savings and that mm-hmm. was one of the few things that made me feel like an adult. Cause I, I, I lucked out and I had like uh, my employers had good matches and I had just, I had started young and I was like, yes, I'm going to, when I retire, I'm going to be set. Um, but yeah. that I just, I knocked out like half of my retirement savings and, you know, 
because I just got to the point where I couldn't, I couldn't do the day job anymore. So I was like, I can't, the amount of time it's going to take me to save this money. I I can't, I, it, my soul couldn't handle it. And mm-hmm. so I, I just, I knocked out an entire, an entire retirement fund, um, which I'm still like, I'm still kind of dipping in every once in a while because the, the business is not fully supporting me yet. Mm-hmm. And I have so much judgment about that, but it's, at the same time, I can't put a price on how much better I feel like not having to constantly, you know, work in a system that is not designed for me, you know, is not designed for, you know, people with ADHD, for example, it's not, you know, the corporate world is just not designed for, you know, individual freedom. Uh, It's just, it's Mm -hmm. designed for people to be able to repeat, uh, you know, wash, rinse and repeat. And so I still feel bad about it. And I still like, um, I'm, I'm in a networking group where I have, you know, there's a financial planner, you know, and I'm just like, oh gosh, if he ever found out, if he ever found out. Um, (laughs) so, and also just the fact that I I quit my job before my, my business was stable. And, um, Mm -hmm. I think that has been such a huge, you know, that just, I think so many people wait and they wait and they wait. And I just, I had an amazing group of women around me that just said, what's the worst thing that happens if you quit your job tomorrow? And I said, I'm homeless. And they're like, yeah, but what happens before that? And I was like, I get another job, you know? So like literally the worst thing Mm -hmm. that we think is going to happen is not usually the worst thing that happens. And so I, you know, so many people, conventional wisdom, what have you would say like, oh gosh, you're, you know, you dipped into the retirement account. You're, you've got nothing now, you know? And I just, I, I couldn't have done it another way. I don't think, um, because I just don't think I would have found so many excuses. I would have, it would have taken forever and Mm -hmm. I would have lost steam and I would have lost passion and I would have lost motivation. And then I would have just been stuck. So, um, so it's definitely, it's something that I view as a, kind of it's it's one of my money is one of my worst habits um and so this is Mm -hmm. kind of a a product of that but I just at the same time I'm like I don't think it could have happened any other way but it definitely is something that I have so much judgment about and the fact that I you know am running a business that isn't paying my bills yet um Mm -hmm. feels like a failure because you know everybody's online and like oh 10k months 20k months six figure businesses and just it it takes time, but also there's so much money in the world. And I just knew that I knew in my heart, I was like, if I have to work at Starbucks, that's what I'll do. But I Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of steps between that, you know, where I am and working at Starbucks again. So, um, it's been a journey. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It sounds like you have some really good friends though, to actually remind you, like you say, we always go to the catastrophe, like, oh, look, I'm dead, Um, dead with no money and destitute. But there are a lot of steps between that. And there are a lot of things that you can do. And intellectually, we know, but like our kind of emotional brain is like, oh, no, we wouldn't be able to survive. Um, So going back to the feelings that you had, not wanting to tell people, um, sounds like a little bit of of shame in there, maybe. Do you Mm -hmm. think this is a product of what you actually did in taking um, the money out of your retirement fund or an idea about other people's opinion of what you did and that not being kind of the norm or the sensible thing or whatever it was in your head? Yeah, I think it was almost entirely if I what other people thought. And if, mm-hmm. if I had 
for some, like for some reason, if like, if I didn't have a partner I lived with, if I didn't have, you know, a financial advisor, I, you know, I may never have told anybody and not really thought twice about it. Like if I, if you didn't have to jump through hoops to, you know, take retirement money out, like I probably wouldn't have even thought twice about it. But the fact that you have to, you know, you know, file a form and sign a document and, you know, tell Mm -hmm. people and, um, the fact that it's so they're even going through the website to make a withdrawal is so scary. They're like, are you sure? Are you sure? Um, you know, there's so much like they just, it doesn't, in my mind, I'm like, I've got so much time and I am potentially doing something that will earn me so much more money than my day job ever did. And it's going to make me so much more happy, you know, and if I have to work a couple extra years past, you know, traditional retirement age, if I love what I'm doing, who cares? And so I think if I, if I had lived, if there was any, if the system had been such that I didn't have to tell anybody, I don't think I would have cared. I think it was totally just a fear of people finding out and other people thinking like, oh, well, that's not what you're supposed to do with that money. That's supposed to be for later when you're old. Mm-hmm. And um, and I just, I like, I think I've been trained, you know, by society to think like, oh, th- that's not what you do. That's just not what you do. And so mm-hmm. I've had a lot of judgment, but I think it was completely external, um, externally fueled. Yeah. And how did you then process those feelings to get to a point where you could start telling people and sharing that you'd done this? And how long did that take as well? Still processing. Um, but I also, it, there's, um, it just started to re- occur to me and I started, you know, hearing through little bits and pieces that it's not as weird as I thought it was. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I thought, that, you know, this was, you know, you always think that you're like, oh, I'm the only person who's ever taken my retirement savings and, you know, and did such and such with them. But, you know, then my boyfriend told me, oh, did you know that I emptied my 401k to move across the country? And I was like, you did? I didn't know that about you. And then another, you know, person that I network mm-hmm. with said, oh yeah, I, I drained my retirement savings to start my business. And then, you know, people start mm-hmm. to pop up and it's weird how the universe yeah. kind of like delivers you you know, lots of examples. But once I realized that I wasn't the only one and I wasn't, you know, I I mean, I, I pound the drum of like, everybody's unique, everybody's amazing. But the fact that we're all unique makes us not even remotely unique. And like, there is (laughs) no struggle that you go through that somebody else hasn't gone through. Mm -hmm. And so to realize like, oh, lots of people do this. Um, that was Mm -hmm. huge for me because if more than just, if, I'm not the only one and they don't feel bad or maybe they do, but they're not out, you know, they're telling people, you know, then maybe I don't have to feel bad. Yeah, definitely. And like you say, with the idea that we shouldn't do things like empty retirement funds, people aren't necessarily as forthcoming to talk about it with people that maybe aren't within that realm of experience either. So like you say, you don't know all the people that have done it and succeeded. You kind of just hear the story of like, oh, if you do that, you're going to end up here and and you take on that as the one truth like we were talking about our minds telling us stories that aren't true um yeah so I love that going back to the number that you chose um to have I think you said three months savings what was that based on was it just uh do you did just think okay three months that gives me time to get another job did you pluck it out the air how did you come to that number I asked my boyfriend for the absolute bare minimum. And I want, I want to make it clear that I like didn't ask for his permission, but we do live together. We split rent. So I was just like, 
what is not going to make you have a heart attack? Like if I quit my job and I said, what is the bare minimum? He said three to six months. And I said, so three months, um, because at that point I was, I was acting out of a place of desperation, 100%. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, you know, traditional wisdom says six months to a year. I, I knew that that wasn't realistic for me. And I knew Mm -hmm. that I was just going to get lower and lower and lower in terms of mental health, in terms of drive to achieve anything, if I stayed where I was. Um, and I was making good money, you know, and I was so three months of of income was not a, a small number. And so I just, mm-hmm. I thought, you know, I'm never going to be able to save that much. And maybe that you know, was a problematic thought process. You know, you, if you think you can't, you can't, but, Mm -hmm. um, but I just, I, I looked for the smallest number that, and again, it was a, it was an external thing. I was like, if I tell people that I saved three months, what are they going to think? If I tell people I saved a month, they're going to be like, why'd you even bother? So I was Mm -hmm. like, what is the smallest number I can save or acquire, um, that, counts, you know, this completely arbitrary, like, you know, what are people going to think? But it was ultimately a conversation that I had with my partner of like, you know, what, what would make you comfortable and not, you know, want to, you know, start looking for backup plans. Um, And it was, it was the bare minimum. So Mm -hmm. that's where I got that number. So no wisdom whatsoever, just (laughs) impatience and um, perseverance. Yeah. Okay. I love that. And in terms of retrospect, power of hindsight, was that number accurate? Did you, was it way too much? Was it way too little? Has it served you well? It was way too little knowing myself. I feel like for some people it'd be great. Um, but I, like I said, money mindset is not my strong suit. Um, you know, I, I was, I have not been blessed with great examples in my life of how to manage money well. And mm-hmm. so I, I should have maybe, I should have built myself a system um, that would have set me up for success better. I should have, you know, I work with a financial planner. I should have basically, the money did not last as long as it should have. Um, mm-hmm. And as long as I hoped it had. So if, um, if I could, if I could go back and give, this is something I've been trying to learn for my entire life, but really focusing on like, what does what is future Andrea going to need? And is that more or less important than what current Andrea wants? Mm-hmm. Um, because that question. I think, right. And that I think if anybody is thinking of starting a business, just start, I mean, write down the big goals and write down exactly like what you think you need to get there. Um, mm-hmm. Because if, you know, you, you, you may want to like go out to dinner or buy the thing or, you know, have the, you know, the Netflix with no, no commercials or whatever, you know, thing that you're spending money on. But, you know, if you, if you want, if what's going to make you comfortable is going to be to have three months, six months, nine months, you know, 12 months of expenses saved up, then, you know, think about how you're actually going to get there and, you know, think about, you know, do you actually need the thing now, but also there's so much money and, like, and I get, if you've got a skill that you, if you have had good luck having jobs in the past, um, mm-hmm. you know, there are plenty of jobs. They might not be the best jobs. They might not be the most ideal jobs, but there is no shame in, you know, having, you know, quitting your full-time job and then having, you know, Starbucks be your side hustle. You know, there's yeah. just, there's, there's so much money. And if you operate from a place of knowing that there's always more money, then I think it gets a lot less scary. 
Definitely. Definitely. You mentioned um, having that kind of desperate feeling, like I just, just desperately needed to leave. Do you wish in any way that you had processed the desperation specifically as root before you took um, the action to leave? Or do you think that you could never have done that in that moment as a kind of hindsight wisdom? I don't know if anything but that desperation ever could have given me the courage to quit Mm. Um, because I have a lot, I mean, I have a lot of judgment even about the word desperation because, you know, desperation, you know, makes us operate from a place of lack, which is, is not ideal um, from a mindset perspective, but I, my, you know, I have a lot of great qualities that in, um, that in moderation are fantastic. But one of my, one of my, like, you know, when they ask you in a job interview, like, what's your weakness? And you say like, I'm a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. I have, you know, <laughs> I have, I have some things like that, that are like, they sound great as long as they're not out of whack. And so one of the things mm-hmm. is that I'm a, I'm a very caring person. I'm a very nurturing person. I love to take care of people. I'm a very, um, sensitive person. I like to make sure that other people are comfortable and happy, but a lot of times that gets, that turns into me being so concerned about other people's happiness and comfort at the detriment to my own happiness and comfort. I tend to over-prioritize other people's feelings. And so I was so worried about, I mean, I didn't, I didn't think my job was going to have any problem. I'm like, they'll replace me. It'll be fine. But I just didn't want to disappoint you know, Mm -hmm. these people that had given me these opportunities. And that was, I mean, if I could have quit in an email and then never laid eyes on anybody again and just snuck out like into the night, I probably would Mm -hmm. have done it. And to over like tough conversations are my kryptonite. Like I have such a hard time disappointing people. And so to even, I remember that I can, I can still remember like the feeling in my gut the day that I, and of course everything was via zoom. So I had to, I had to tell my two bosses, like, I'd like to leave, you know, and I'd like to come up with a plan with you guys to do that. And Mm -hmm. I, the, the nerve and the bravery that I had to kind of like fake to do that because it was so outside of my normal, you know, way that I operate. Um, I'm very much a yes person. I'm like, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah, I can do that. And this time I was I was saying a big fat no. No, I cannot do this anymore. And mm-hmm. I don't think anything but that desperation could have fueled that conversation because I even after I decided I was going to quit, um I I didn't know when, but I was like I am going to put in my notice. I I was like, how am I going to have this conversation? And that same group of women that kind of encouraged me, like, and I, and I want to point out, this is, this is important. They are not my friends. They are an accountability group because my friends are very, I love my friends dearly, but they're not, they don't have the same mindset about work as I do. And so Mm -hmm. I had to kind of go outside that friend group and seek out other people who were, you know, aligned with where I wanted to be versus where it was. And, um, you know, they said, don't you're doing a disservice you know you're half-assing your job you're you're not passionate about it give up the give up the position and let somebody who does love it do that and then you go do what you love um and if your Mm -hmm. bosses care about you as a person at all which I was very fortunate that they did that's not everybody's you know story but um you know they they wanted me to be happy and they were sad and they were you know but they weren't disappointed which was what I was so scared of yeah that's so wise I love that so much and it's really really relatable as well like you say I think especially 
as women, the need yes. to people please is been deeply rooted within us from a young age in society being agreeable all of those things um so something i just like to notice i don't i'm not sure if i said this already so apologies if i have and i'm repeating myself but i love how your failure is kind of completely tied into your success you quit your job that's your huge success and as part of that there mm -hmm. was this the way you quit um at the time that you had to kind of overcome this big failure in order to do it and I think that that's so, like I love the symmetry of that kind of paradox that you have the success on one side and the um, failure on the other so if someone else is in that place they're feeling desperate to get out their day job they've had that idea they're maybe not really set up with it yet what would you say to them in this moment yeah, I think there is just like what I said about the beginning about, I mean, as simple as like content strategy, there's no, there is no one right path. And we, we are constantly, I think as humans looking for the right answer, at least I do, you know, I'm, I'm a chronic Googler. I will ask everybody and their uncle, their opinion, just so I make sure that I'm making the right decision, but it doesn't mm -hmm. exist. You know, there is no one anything there's only right for you and that can even change from day to day you know you you may make a decision that is right for you that day and then you know a month later it turns out that it's not right for you anymore and so i think just as long just focus on what feels good um you know if something makes you feel bad um endeavor to change it. And that's not to say that hard thing, you know, I always say, you know, just because something feels bad, you know, feels hard doesn't mean it's bad. But, mm -hmm. you know, if something makes you, there's a, there's a big difference. If something makes you feel bad in your gut and you're just like, this makes me feel bad about myself. This makes me feel bad about my life. This makes me feel hopeless, unhappy, whatever, you know, do what you can to change it. And if that means doing something the wrong way, um, and I just did, I did air quotes there because uh, there is no <laughs> wrong way or right way. Um, you know, if you're operating from a place of like authenticity and what feels good to you, then I, I don't think there is a wrong way. And, and like I said, I don't, I think that there is this, you know, ideal way that, you know, the society puts forth, you know, you should have such and such savings, you should have such and such like backups and whatever. But knowing mm -hmm. myself, I don't think I could have done it in those ideal ways. And so just do the best you can. And, you know, it's, it's good to have some savings, you know, you don't want to just like quit your job and have like $0 the next day and no prospects and no clients. But I mean, if you've got a side hustle that you think you can turn into a full-time job, then just think about how much that peace of mind and how much that um, ability to do something that makes you happy versus something that makes you miserable will increase your productivity. I mean, you can't, mm -hmm. like, I couldn't, I couldn't do both anymore um, because the job was just draining my, my mental health so much. And so my advice is just stop looking for the one right way because there isn't one. You just, you kind of have to wing it and just do your best and, you know, have a little bit of a plan, but accept that that plan might change or that plan might not appeal to other people and just do what feels good to your soul. <laughs> Mm -hmm. definitely I love that inner wisdom and like you say we all try and fit in a box of this savings or that advice or that tip but at the same time as all fitting in a box we don't fit in a box so we need to work it out for ourselves I love that
Um, is there anything you'd like to add on the failure or the success that um, I might have missed asking you? I think just what you said about the kind of the mirror, the mirroring of the the success and the failure. I mean, you can't have success without failure. You absolutely can't. Um, and so I, I wish that people and myself included, I wish we would stop being so scared of failure because failure is so essential and important. And mm-hmm. we, we make it mean something like, oh, the fact that I took money out of my retirement account must mean something that I'm irresponsible, that I'm bad with money that, you know, and those are things I tell myself about myself all the time, but you know, failure doesn't have to mean anything. It just means you tried something that didn't work and now you're going to try something different. So, you know, I, I did something one way. I took the money out of the retirement account and, you know, that now I'm going to do something a different way because I'm going to focus on making money from my business. And so stop. I wish that people would stop making failure mean something about themselves as people. Um, and just acknowledge that it it just happens. It happens in life. And if you live an entire life without failure, you're probably not learning a whole lot. Um, mm-hmm. And you're probably not having quite as much success as the people who have lots of failure. Um, I think they're proportional. The more failure you have, the more success you have and the more mm-hmm. you learn. Um, so yeah, I love, I love that you kind of, you picked up on that, that mirror of, you know, I, I couldn't, I don't think I could have succeeded if I had not failed. Um, and I think they were essential to each other because the the two just go hand in hand. Definitely. And I love what you were saying there. Um, and it makes me think, like you say, if you do nothing and you don't kind of fail, you failed. Yeah. So st- there's sometimes there's yeah. no avoiding failure and we all know it in our heads. Like we all know it in our heads. And then when we're trying to do the thing, we're like, what will everyone think? What will I do? Yes. Um, so thank you for talking about that. I love yeah, I love hearing everyone's failures. It's probably not yeah. what people love. People are like, she's a bit weird. She wants to hear my but failure. It's, but if we talked about it more, maybe we'd be less worried about it. You know, if we realize that everybody fails a lot, then maybe mm-hmm. we would be less, you know, concerned about failing. Yeah. And it hurts each of us just as much. We feel like, I feel like we'll tell ourselves the story that like, oh, it's, hurt. it's so much worse for me, but yeah. it, it's, it really hurts no matter yep. what. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> so what are you working on right now? Yeah, so I mean, the biggest thing is that I'm trying to get my business to be um sustainable, you know, getting to mm-hmm. the point where it is paying my bills without dipping into the retirement account continuously. And um and I think, you know, one of the uh, one of my goals for 2023 is to work with a mentor or a coach. And I think, you know, working with somebody on money mindset is going to be huge for me because, you know, the, the, uh, you know, my, my associations with money, my, you know, all or nothing kind of, um, you know, impulse control, all of that fun stuff, you know, that just really makes life harder. Um, I I've been working at it for, for 35 years now. And I, I think that, you know, finding somebody outside yourself who you trust, who is in the, who aligns with you, um, Mm -hmm. you know, not necessarily who has the nicest marketing, who has the nicest website, um, but Mm -hmm. somebody who you can, you know, connect with and you feel comfortable, you know, going on a vulnerable journey with, um, I think is important for everybody, you know, whether it be a coach or a therapist or a mentor, or even just a friend. Um, so for me really, um, my, my huge goal for 2023 is kind of finding those resources and, you know, taking Mm -hmm. the next step because I, I don't, 
I don't want to spend another 35 years trying to figure out the right path for me. Um, and so I am working on my money mindset. I am working on learning how to become a business owner because we don't learn that. Um, especially, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I like, at least in the U S like our school system is not set up to teach people how to be entrepreneurs. Um, it's set up to teach people how to be employees, um, because that's what, you know, society needs the most of, unfortunately. And, um, so I am, I am brand making new with this. I am learning how to be an entrepreneur. I'm learning how to be a business owner. And that, that is, you know, that includes skills from like, you know, figuring out how to use accounting software to things like learning how to not, you know, work myself to death, uh, because mm-hmm. I think that it's never enough. And so, um, yeah, be learning to be a business owner, I think is, is my, is my big thing that I'm working on and, um, it's terrifying, but it's also so exciting. And the best part is I know that it's possible because a ton of other people have done it. And Mm -hmm. so I, um, I'm trying so hard to surround myself by other people who are either doing what I'm doing or trying to do what I'm doing or have already done what I've done. I'm trying to do. Because mm-hmm. that's just that constant motivation of like, oh, it is possible. It's totally possible. And so I'm terrified. I'm excited. Um, but there's a lot of work to do. And it's it's way better than the work that I've done in the past. So I'm I'm very excited. <laughs> I love that. And like just I got such a feeling of kind of humility from you um, when you spoke there. And it's just really refreshing and really nice to just like you say, just acknowledge that we're all kind of in the toddler phase of something in our lives, whether it's business, whether it's relationships, whatever it is. And taking that mindset and that approach is really, really, and seeking the help, like you say, looking for the coach in an area that you have identified, Mm -hmm. it's really going to help you um, propel your success. Did I see on your stories today that you have signed with a coach? I set up a consultation with a mindset coach for next week. So I'm hoping that Mm -hmm. um, in January, I'm going to be able to sign on with somebody. So I'm kind of doing the first phase of like meeting somebody and thinking Mm -hmm. and seeing it, seeing how we sync. Um, Because I I just think that, um, so she's a business coach that focuses on money mindset. So I'm kind of like Mm -hmm. best of both worlds there. So I'm, I'm hoping that it's a fit. And, you know, I was, I Googled and I went through dozens upon dozens of websites and all of them just, I didn't, I just, it just felt icky. And then I found mm-hmm. one website that I was like, okay, I could have a coffee with this person. So I'm like, I, hopefully I can, you know, spend eight weeks talking to them every week on zoom. Um, so I'm very excited. Yeah. I hope that works out really well for you. And money mindset, mm-hmm. I think is something that I didn't even know about before I entered the coaching world right. and lots of people don't it was one of those things that like you say is not we don't think that we have stories around money because that we've yep. been told by our parents about needing money having money lack of money yep. you'll never have money you always need more whatever it is yep. um and that's such a good good thing to work on so I really hope that that works yeah. out I'm so excited <laughs> so I have a couple of um just closing questions that I like to ask some of them that I like to ask everybody. Um, one that I have specifically for you around freak flag. Um, so I absolutely love that freak flag is about kind of marching to the beat of your own drum. And I think that intellectually, every single one of us knows that being like ourselves, being us, being authentic is the best thing that we can do in the world. And yet 
so many people struggle with this. I mean, I work with almost all my clients on confidence and being themselves. And I have worked on this in myself. And I, I don't think I ever speak to a person that has not worked on this. So do you have any wisdom for, for somebody who suddenly kind of realizes maybe they're not flying their own freak flag as much mm-hmm. as they, as high as they could be? Um, they've got caught up maybe in expectations or things that just aren't them anymore. What advice would you give them? What words of encouragement would you share? Yeah, absolutely. And so the the thing I think the reason other than just that it feels good, you know, it feels better to be in my, you know, at least in my humble opinion, it feels generally more comfortable to be yourself than to pretend to be someone else. Um, I think that just people who are authentic and really lean into, you know, who they are as a person, they, they just, they radiate something, you know, they, Mm -hmm. they just, they, they put out this energy that is just infectious. And so I think, you know, especially if you're trying to be successful in business, um, really leaning into, you know, what makes you, you is, is gonna, it's gonna attract people to you. It's gonna, they're gonna see that you're, you know, joyful, that you're comfortable, that you're happy. Um, and they're gonna want to be around you. And, you know, some people will not, and that is a gift, you know, that is fantastic because, Mm -hmm that means you know those people and you don't have to like waste time on them but um you know just ex- you know just acknowledge that that being yourself puts you on a different level and people want to be around that level and people want to be around that energy and so even though it feels uncomfortable because i think we we always we we like examples you know we want to like you know just like i said i can look at other business owners and see the ch- path that they took and know that it's possible mm-hmm. but I, I i can't there's nowhere i can look to see an example of somebody else being andrea westerland um so it is it is truly the only thing that I can't, I cannot look to somebody else for, you know, an example or inspiration because I, I am literally the only person who will ever be me until they figure out some sort of weird artificial intelligence, upload your brain to the, (laughs) to the cloud, whatever. But, you know, it's the one thing that you are truly alone in. And so you can't, you know, find that camaraderie, but what you can find is people that have enough of an overlap, you know, so me being me means certain things. It means that I, you know, like to, you know, make jokes and, you know, I swear on the internet and I like Mm -hmm. to, I have a business. And so you can find other people who their authentic self overlaps with your authentic self in certain ways. And so you have things in common. And so you can find camaraderie there. Um, Mm-hmm. But I think just just accepting that there is no there is no right or wrong way to be yourself. And but once you can kind of figure out who you are and what makes you feel good, once you start feeling good, you're going to, you know, look better, talk better. You're going to, you know, be more successful. You're going to, people are going to want to be around you. And mm-hmm. so everybody thinks that there's this secret to, you know, being successful online um, or in life. And it really just is, you know, think that you're awesome, know that you're awesome, um, you know, know yourself, like yourself, trust yourself, not, you know, that's not just for other people, but, and people will come to you people will be attracted to you if you if you mm-hmm. put that energy out into the world and so it's it's just it's it can feel uncomfortable because it's weird and you're all by yourself doing it but it's it's the only way to be I, it's it feels so much better so i just mm-hmm. i would encourage people to to muscle through the initial uncomfortable phase especially if you're used to kind of like living through a filter um mm-hmm. and just you know just know that once you get past that initial uncomfortable phase oh it's, it feels, it feels awesome to just be like, 
this is me. This is me. And I am just, and just live with, live life with your freak flag flying. Um, it feels amazing. So just know there's hope. It just, that uncomfortable phase only lasts a little while. Yeah. I love that so much. I wish we could see, kind of see smiles and stuff through um, the podcast. Know, right? I'm <laughs> grinning from ear to ear. Hopefully they can feel um, it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Definitely. They say people can, so hopefully. Yeah. Um, do you have any secret dreams? Something that if you won the lottery that you would do that you're not doing now? Yeah. So I recently, I um, I want to see the Northern Lights um and mm. I want to buy a house and so and those two things are like really like top of my bucket list right now and I am planning on trying to do both of them in 2023 because I just I I hate the idea of having dreams that aren't something that you could actually achieve and you know even like the biggest dreams like if somebody dreams of like going to Mars like figure out a way to make it happen you know they send mm-hmm. weirder people to Mars you know and, or not Mars gosh nobody goes to Mars the moon <laughs> is what I meant um and um so I, I like yeah so I'm just I'm very much in a in a season of how can I make my dreams actually happen because I've lived so long of you know playing it safe and having very you know realistic dreams and um mm-hmm. you know and I just I I have now proven to myself that I can do the big scary thing so I'm going to keep doing the big scary thing so home ownership and seeing the northern lights is on my docket for 2023 and those are at the top of my list right now yeah I love that so much and finally you definitely answered this a little bit at least um as we've talked, but do you, do you think there is a true calling or one true path for every person out there? I think yes and no. I I think there is one true path and that is just, you know, if you can just get so, just get comfortable with your being yourself, that is going to take you on the journey that is going to feel the most amazing for you. And I don't think there's any one right way to do that. Um, I think there is the only like absolute in life is being your authentic self. And that is going to take you on your own unique journey, um, your own unique path. But that, you know, the, we, we like to think that there is just a straight line and it's, it's actually just like a a bibble bobble of just like, you know, crossing lines and overlapping things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and there's no, I don't think, you know, one job, one path, one, nothing as just do what feels good to your soul. Um, Be nice to people and that will take you on the most exciting journey of your life and just let your your you know your your authentic desires and your authentic happiness like guide you to what is next and that might not be what you expected mm-hmm. I love that that's amazing oh thank you so much for coming on today um I will put links to everything in the show notes where is the best place for people to find you connect with you chat with you absolutely instagram freak freak flag marketing um uh, i am most active there and um i love to chat with people so send me a dm yay thank you thank you